All right, good morning. This is where having a vicar, having a vicar is helpful. You can say, Vicar, where's the Bibles? And then, or Vicar, I need a battery. So, so a Bible would be helpful this morning if you don't have one. There's some going around here. Here's a few more. Let's, uh, let's begin with a word of prayer. And then uh, we'll jump in. Third Sunday after Epiphany. God of our life and hope, trouble us with such visions of Thee and such knowledge of Your will that our hearts touched into love again and quietness may be ordered and disposed to Your service. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, so the, um, we just figured this out. The offering baskets this morning are for Lutheran Blind Outreach, which is, which is a little bit different than uh, the... Lutheran Blind Mission. Lutheran Blind Mission, okay. So this is not, the, this is not quite the same thing as the, the blind outreach that goes on in, in St. John here, but uh, Lutheran Blind Mission. And which, um, for those who have been around a while, they have, um, what would you call it, merged with Lutheran Braille workers. Okay. In conjunction with Lutheran Braille workers. Okay. So, um, this morning, we're, we're sort of taking a step aside. Last week, Pastor Brzezik talked about silence. So, this is the first question for you. I wasn't here. Um, what did Pastor Brzezik say? Okay, five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening. About silence. So what about uh, maybe some of the difficulties with silence? Just real quickly. What's, the, what's, what's hard about silence? Byron. Uh, we've got a new, a new person in the household. Now we've got noises we're not used to. Sure. So you're being quiet. She's being quiet. But the television's on the Okay. All right. <laughs> so there's all kinds of external <laughs> obstructions. What about, uh, what about inside your own head, right? So, yeah. Yeah, you try, and, you try and be quiet in, inside your own head and it gets noisier and noisier, right? So there's, uh, there's some things to think about there and where Pastor Brzezik is headed with that is um, silence to listening uh, as, a, as preparation for prayer. Um, and so what he asked me to do this morning is to talk just a little bit about humility, which fits in, uh, the, the, you see the first point there, it fits in this way or this is the way I'm framing it. So you move from silence to listening, which takes you to prayer, and we take a brief stop by humility. Um, so silence is the sound of humility. Humility listens and is instructed. Um, I think that what I'm going to say, or much of what I have to say, is pretty, is pretty self-evident. So I'll, I'll put that out there right away. But what maybe would be helpful is to sort of think about things in a, in a new way or to, to sort of stir up your thoughts about the subject of humility um, some things may be obvious, other things may, may be new insights for you, but it's, it's helpful um, to at least have a discussion about humility. Um, I think James Yonker was volunteering to sing a song about, uh, about being humble, right? It's hard to be humble. That, you were going to do a solo? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that might be a nice way to start, but we'll, uh, we'll jump over that. That's, okay. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> so... Um, so the first question then, point number two, start with definitions. Um, this is a really broad question, but what, what is humility? How do, you, how do you define or understand humility? And I'll take anything, any answers here. I'm too humble to define it. Okay, that's good. It's, okay, now that's, that's really great, and we'll get to this later, because um, there's something sort of 
intangible about humility. Um, it's not something that uh, is even attainable in a sense. We'll, we'll talk about this later, but as soon as you start talking about your own humility, you're not humble anymore, right? It's just um, as a matter of fact. What else? When we lived in New Jersey, people had this expression, she's really thinking who she is. She's really thinking who she is, okay. And we thought that's an awesome expression because it's like you're really thinking who you are. Yeah. Yeah, so, it, so it's sort of the opposite. The opposite of humility is... Is that. Yeah, so you're humble. You're not thinking who you are. You're not like, it's not all about you. That's right. That's good. That's good. So, I, and that, that sets it up very well. Humility is sort of, classically speaking, set over against pride. Pride being the chief vice, the chief sin, humility then. As you see in this Luther quotation here, humility is the highest of all the virtues. Um, what else? Anything else? I, I see it as a, a balancing between, uh, on the one hand, self-aggrandizement, and on the other hand, uh, self-degradation. Good. Because Good. it's neither one. It's somewhere in the middle. A- a- excellent. That's a great observation. So, um, and th- this leads also into a discussion about genuine humility versus false humility. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later. These are great, great thoughts. Was there another hand? Well, I was going to say, I think oftentimes society today thinks about a humble person as being more of a doormat than anything. Sure. Yeah, right, right. So... There's an important distinction between humility and um, being humiliated or being open to humiliation. Um, so that's right. Being, being humble isn't about being a pushover. Um, it's, it's different. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Good. These, I'm glad these thoughts are stirring up. This is fantastic. Being willing to be a servant. Being will, good. Good. Yep, being willing to be a servant. So you, and this is where it intersects so starkly with the Christian life. Um, the Christian life is a life of humility because we live not for ourselves but for our neighbor. We serve others. Um, okay, good. Let's. Yes, go ahead. Uh huh. That's right. Yeah, letting yourself be vulnerable. Um, and when it comes to, it, you're covering all of the main points I hear. So th- this is great. We'll just have a nice discussion about it. We'll let's. We'll talk about that in just a moment too. Take a look at. Um, this uh, second quotation under point two by C.S. Lewis, you may have, I mean, this, this is just sort of setting the stage about pride. Um, pride is the, the essential vice. Uh, he goes on in the second sentence, unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. Um, so that sort of sets the... the view of, you know, the antithesis of humility. And then, um, so that's sort of the broad view, but then look how it applies to humanity in that that third quotation there. The temptation for Adam and Eve is to give up being of the humus, of the soil or earth, humble and human. These two words are related, of of the earth, and to become gods, the ultimate act of pride. The story of the fall is played out in the life of each human being as people struggle to be down to earth, and to avoid the temptation to act as if they were the divine center of the universe. So in some sense, uh, well, you could put it, put it this way, pride places yourself in the center of the universe. Humility says something else is more important or more significant than I am. And um, this is why we talk about, you know, when you, when you picture the universe or you see, um, you know, sort of sublime pictures of, of nature, we are humbled because the perspective has shifted. We're not, we're not turned in on ourselves anymore. Um, 
Okay, let's move on then to point number three. Now, I, I set that up just because we're most familiar with uh, thinking of pride and humility as antitheses, but I think it's also really important to talk about humility on its own. Uh, we don't have to just be negative about it. It's not pride, it's something else. Well, um, let's try and look at it positively, and let's look at it in terms of what Scripture has to say. That first bullet point there, you see that Greek word. Um, I'm not going to pronounce it. It's, I tried practicing it, and it's just not going to come out well. So, but you can see how, it, how it's parsed up. Is you know the pressure of the moment? I can't. So, it, pro, humility. This is the word for humility in the scriptures, in the Greek, and it has to do with low things, base things, both in a negative and a positive sense. That word can have a two, have two meanings. But then to be minded is the sort of the the key the key part of the action there. To be minded. Um, so it, you know you can think of the way we talk about being um, being. Well, being humble-minded, being uh, like-minded. Um, these are the ways we use the word. And the, the sense there is then you set your mind on things that are lowly or base. Um, and so then the sense is not so much that uh, you're just contemplating dirt or you know, things that are, that are of low repute, but that you, you, don't, you don't esteem yourself in such a way that your mind is always set on lofty things. Um, and there's, there's really a, a lot of facets to this that we'll talk about as we go on here. But let's jump into Scripture. Um, let's see, would basic be a good synonym that you're looking for? Yeah, yeah. Um, basic is, an, is another, yeah, another, another synonym for, um, or another way the, the word can be used, so that we're not talking about sophisticated things or things that are beyond our scope, but, but simple things. Um, let's look at the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. You've, you've, I'm sure that you're all familiar with this book. If a volunteer would please read, actually, first the page number in the Black Bibles for Luke 18, 9 to 14. Does somebody have that? 1628. And then if a volunteer would please read that text for us. You're all so humble. Okay, Marianne. All right, thank you. So I have a couple of questions for you just to just to think about the text or digest the text a little bit. First of all, Luke sets it up in the first verse there. Who is the audience? Who is Jesus speaking this parable to? Self-confident, self-righteous even, right? Um, they, they, you know, sort of the opposite of, of humble people. They think that they have accomplished enough to save themselves. Um, and so here we see already the relationship between humility um, slash pride, and uh, repentance or faith and self-righteousness. Um, they, they, they go hand in hand. So the attitude or posture of pride is self-righteousness. The attitude or posture of humility is repentance. Okay? Next question. Um, so now we've got a Pharisee and a tax collector. And if you, maybe you know something about, uh, about the context, the, the cultural, historical context. Which is the better man? The Pharisee, right? Tax collectors are scum, right? The, everybody hates them, okay? And the Pharisees, I mean, not only are they pretty good in their own eyes, but they're also, you know, in, in the eyes of Judaism, generally speaking, they're, they're the godly people. So um, we have this, again, this antithesis between what, uh, something to think about later, what, what our eyes see and what we perceive and what is actually going on in the heart of a person. Um, so now... 
What's wrong with the Pharisees' prayer? Uh, these are easy questions, I know. Simple questions, but go ahead. Right. Sure. Yeah, he's taking, he's taking credit for his, his own works. And this is the interesting thing. It, it may or may not be true. In fact, it probably is true that he's not, let's see, an extortioner, not unjust, not an adulterer. He's not a tax collector, right? So th- these, things are, these things are true, right? But what's he doing? He's, uh, he's exalting his, you know, these characteristics. Right. Yep. And if, and if you have, I mean, if you have any sense about, and this is the t- the difficult thing to remember, the impossible thing to remember as Christians. If you have any sense about, you know, the consequences of the fall, um, and what's going on in your own heart as you struggle with sin, you you know that you're not better than anyone else. Right. We're all on the same. We're all on the bottom of the pit together. Right. So anytime you compare yourself to somebody else, you are immediately um, doing an injustice committing an injustice. But that's tough to remember. And besides, he follows all the rules. That's right. Yep. Yep. My goodness, how much better could you be? That's right. Yeah, he I mean he does exactly what 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 he's supposed to do. Yeah. Never mind who made the rules. That's right. <laughs> so now um what about the tax collector's prayer? Can you can you characterize his prayer? What is what's so good about his prayer? Heartfelt. Good. It's sincere. He knows he's a bum. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and he, he's not, af- not afraid to admit it. Not afraid to, to, to stand before God in that capacity. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And what does he ask of God? Mercy. Yeah. So, I mean, immediately that puts it in, it puts, puts his posture in a certain context. When you ask for mercy, I mean, there's, I suppose there's two ways you can ask for mercy. You can, it's like being, it's like, you, you know, you, the, you tell your kid, don't take any cookies, right? They, they don't take any cookies, but then when your turn, back is turned, their hands in the cookie jar, and you turn around, and they say, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry, please, I'm so, I just, I, 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 just, I didn't mean to do it, right? Well, I mean, they're asking for mercy, but it's not, I mean, it's, it's, it's lacking some sincerity. <laughs> Let me finish my cookie first, right, right, so, uh, um, but so yeah, we, I mean, we ha- again, we have to be careful, and this is this is the challenging thing about humility, um, or the impossible thing about humility. I'll even say that. Um, but so the, so he's asking for mercy, and that immediately says, um, "I don't deserve anything, right? Uh, what I deserve from God is 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 nothing and destruction, right? Yeah. Any questions there?" Is that, is that all making sense? I mean, this is, this is a great example. This is the, Pastor Bruce gave me this text and said, talk about this, and I thought, you know, this is, this is easy. This describes the whole thing. Um, let's move on then. I, I wasn't sure how far we'd get, and so I, I want to keep moving. Um, this, uh, the third point there, life in the Garden of Eden. Um, just something for you to reflect on now. In a positive sense, how did Adam and Eve live um, over against God before the fall into sin, how would you describe their relationship to God? Good. 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 Yeah. He gave them everything, and they didn't have to worry about uh, anything. Right. He gave them everything, and they knew it. Um, what else did he give? Besides giving them things, what else did he give them? This is a one of those ask. Guess what I'm thinking? Questions. <laughs> Love. What did he say? Uh, Right? 
Good. Yeah. So they, so they had this relationship where they were receiving only blessings from God. And God also gave them a command, right? Don't you eat from all the trees. Don't eat from this tree. Right. And so then their, their, their lives were characterized by obedience to what God said. Um, they didn't, I mean, until the fall, they didn't consider it their right to eat from that tree. Um, they didn't consider, I mean, I suppose you could look at it and say, you know, oh, man, I really, I've got all these trees here. I, do, I really deserve to eat from this one too. What's, well, you know, what's, well, why does God get to set the rules? And that's, I mean, that's ultimately what they say. But before the fall, they, they were obedient. They listened to what God said and they, and they learned from it. Perhaps a good thing to say would be they trusted him. That's exactly right. That uh, he knew that uh, what he said was what was good for them. Right. Yeah. They knew that God was there to bless them. They trusted him. And, and that's, you know, that's uh, a key component of humility. If we, if we live our lives in humility, um, then we understand our relationship to those who take care of us. Um, and we trust them specifically when it comes to our relationship with God. You can, I mean, you can think about this with, with, our, with our children, right? So uh, a humble relationship between child and, and parent, the child doesn't sort of start up against the, the, your parents and say, you know, um, I don't need anything from you. That, I mean, that situation is not, is not characterized by humility, and the trust is gone. Um, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sort of a perversion of the way things are supposed to work. So ultimately, what's at stake here is, um, is the first commandment. Uh, you shall have no other God. So um, humility is, I think this is another great way to understand it, um, and I can't claim this. This is Pastor Brzezik. Um, humility is knowing to take the second spot, understanding that we're, we're not in the first spot. We're in the second spot. Um, and again, I mean, like, as with, with, with all these parts of humility, this is, the, this is difficult to remember, difficult to keep before us. Um, Humility, then, is characterized by obedience under authority. Um, now, Leah, you mentioned, uh, you know, sort of suffering as a result of our humility, being vulnerable. And this is a really interesting thing. I mean, it, humility opens you to the possibility of, of suffering injustice. Um, but, again, being characterized by trust, we know that God will, that, that God, um, you know, sort of governs all things, and that even injustice will be resolved in our favor. Um, and this is, this, is where, where, uh, this is where we often turn away from humility. When, when our rights are violated, we say, no, um, I'm going to stand up against, against what, what's going on. But the posture of humility is one which, which receives even suffering. There's an interesting distinction, though. Um, if, if you read the book of Acts, Paul is always being persecuted by the Jews. He's being run out of synagogues, being mistreated, stoned, um, and he doesn't. He doesn't ever sort of, you know, raise a fist against them, um, and because they're persecuting him on account of his faith in Christ, on account of his preaching about Christ. But then, when Paul is, uh, for instance, in Philippi, when he's jailed in Philippi, and the Romans find out, so he's jailed by the Romans, not on account of his Christianity, but because of you know a disruption of the peace. When the Romans find out that he's a Roman citizen, they, they say, oh, well, let's just let him go quietly. And Paul says, no, they have to come and walk me out of here because I'm a Roman citizen. They have to sort of rectify this injustice. And there's a key distinction there, and this has to do with humility not being 
not, not simply being a pushover. Um, our, our lives are defined by our relationship to Christ, our, our, uh, our witness, our testimony about Christ. Um, but there are, other, there are other parts of our life as well. We live in a secular world. And so um, this is, it's difficult to keep them distinct or to understand the relationship. But the example of Paul shows that we're not, we're not just to lie down as Christians unless, unless somebody is persecuting us for being Christians. Then, then we do it because we're, we're, we're witnesses to Christ. Does that make sense? Okay. What else? Can I ask a yes, please. Um, it says at the beginning of this story to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else. It seems to me like in the stories before, he's talking to the disciples, not to a crowd. Yeah. Is he actually, it, uh, you could maybe gather that Let's say if you were chosen to be one of the twelve mm-hmm. disciples, you could be thinking who you are. Uh, exactly. And, yeah. And, and I haven't thought about it that way until I thought, oh, he might be talking mm-hmm. to his disciples. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be easy to be, hey, I've been chosen by Jesus. That's right. I mean, and we hear that question when, when what James and John, the brother, the sons of Zebedee, say, which one of us? Let, let one of us sit at your right and one at your left, right? That, so the Messiah's here. He's the he's the king, and he picked us. That must, it must mean we have something going for us. We must. They're thinking. What, how does it go? They th- they're thinking. There's some. They they're thinking who they are. Right. It never occurred to me. I, you think it's so always talking to the Pharisees here, or people who are really. Yeah. But it could be the disciples sitting. The disciples struggled with that. Disciples struggled with that several times. Yep. Yes. Right. Um, they were on the road to uh, Jerusalem, I think, and they were uh, discussing back and forth who's the most important. Yep. Who will be greatest in the in the kingdom of God? Good. Yeah. So I mean, and and this this exemplifies the fact that. As Christians, uh, so nobody, uh, C.S. Lewis says this, nobody except for Christians cares about pride and humility, right? <laughs> nobody cares about it. But as soon as you start caring about it, um, what becomes obvious is that uh, it's really, really hard to be humble the more you try to be humble, right? Um, talk more about that in a second. Um, the last point there under the life in the Garden of Eden, one of the reasons we struggle with the first commandment is because, is because we forget that God wants to bless us. Um, and you see that. In Genesis 3, uh, let me just read this for you. We don't necessarily have to turn there. 4 through 5, um, the serpent is questioning the woman, and he says, You will surely not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so the temptation is to believe, not believe that, that God doesn't have their best interest in mind. Okay? So, and this is, this is the thing that Pastor... Pastors Brzezik and Nelson are trying always to remind you from the pulpit is that God is for you and not against you. I, uh, That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. If you, if you take your life into your own hands and say, you know, I can, I can do this on my own, then you die. That's when you die. Right? Absolutely. Okay. Um, let's skip over Psalm 130 there. Um, this is the, ju- just a comment, this is um, a great psalm uh, which begins with, out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Um, and it, it, it sets the stage for humility being the posture of prayer. So we approach God in prayer, not from a, not from a, a position equal to him, but from the way that we really are, out of the depths. Out of the depths we cry to God. Um, and then God exalts us. It's not, it's not the other way around, right? Um, we're going to skip the next one, too. You probably know this, uh, 
this story in Mark, there's the, the father with the demon-possessed son. And he says to Jesus, um, come heal my son if you, if you will. And Jesus says, if I, if I will. And then um, the, uh, he, says, do you, the, he says to the man, do you believe this? And Jesus says, or the man says, yes, I believe. Help my unbelief. And this is, I mean, this is second article of the creed, third article of the creed kind of stuff. Uh, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus. And this is, uh, I mean, it's impossible. Here's the, here's the crux of the matter. It's impossible for us to say that, to say that on our own. We can't say, I believe that I cannot believe. We can't say that as, as humans. Um, it's a contradiction. It's a paradox. Um, and that's, that's where humility is really uh, a gift from God. It's not something that we can sort of manufacture on our own. Yes, Marianne. Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, our confidence is our, our confidence is in that is in that God takes care of us, and that He He supplies what's lacking in us, and and uh, so the, the the posture of humility is to acknowledge that um, what's lacking is everything. We don't we can't even believe. Right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, so so uh, again, trusting in God, you know, isn't isn't about um, laying down. Humility isn't about laying down, but it's about it's a it's a posture where we a posture over against God. Okay. The Magnificat. Um, this is the this is Mary's song that she sings after the angel has announced to her that she's going to uh, bear a son. And the, Luther spends quite a writes a huge work on the subject. And um, one of the key passages is. In Luke chapter 1, verse 48. Um, if, you, if you'd like to turn to it, Luke 1, verse 48. And you, I mean, you, re, you recall how, Luke, how Mary responds when the angel comes to her. Um, she says, she, she's uh, sort of troubled at the saying, um, and the, you know, she's, she's trying to discern what the angel said. This is earlier in the chapter. And uh, the angel says, don't be afraid, you have found favor. And Mary finally responds saying, behold, I am the servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Right? And then after Mary visits Elizabeth, she sings this song, and she says in verse 48, for God has looked on the humble estate of his servant. God has looked on the humble estate of his servant. Um, and the key, the, the key that Luther brings out of this is that Mary... Is, is humble, but she doesn't sort of glory in her humility. She doesn't expect God to give her anything, and so she's, she's surprised um, when God comes to her. She doesn't expect God to, to reward her for hum, her humility. Um, and this is, again, the, the, sort of the paradox. If we try to become humble in order that we may be rewarded for our humility, then we're not being, we're not being humble, Right? And Mary, Mary exemplifies, um, exemplifies this appropriate attitude of humility. Uh, Luther says, um, Mary does not glory in her worthiness, nor yet in her unworthiness, but solely in the divine regard, which is so exceedingly good and gracious that he deigned to look upon such a lowly maiden and to look upon her in so glorious and honorable a fashion. So this is the key. We'll talk about this in just a second. But the, the key for humility is uh, just like just like with uh, with silence, um, you can't you can't say to yourself, 
Okay, be quiet now. Ignore, ignore all these thoughts. Just be quiet. It doesn't work. Um, instead, you need to cast your attention on something else, right? That's the, that's the whole conversation about silence. Well, in the same way, you don't become humble by thinking about your humility, but you become humble by thinking about God's favor, God's regard for you, the fact that God has loved you and how he's loved you. And so, um, so the, I'm jumping to my conclusion here, but this is the, this is the thing. Um, Humility is good to reflect on. It's good to have in, have in mind sort of the, the trouble with attaining humility, but ultimately we don't attain humility by trying to do it. Um, we attain humility by meditating on Scripture, by coming to the Lord's Supper, by coming to the divine service and hearing about God, God's love for us. So I'll, I'll say that again when I get to the end. Um, now this, the, the next point there, um, Zechariah 9.9 9, you're all familiar with this passage as well. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, we hear this at Christmas. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And this is really where the, the, the best example of humility comes. It's not from you know, the saints in Scripture, but of Christ himself. Christ is humble. Um, and I think that uh, we, we hear about this really well in Philippians chapter 2. So let's read this. Uh, let's hear this one aloud. Philippians chapter 2. And if somebody would please read verses 5 through 11. Um, note how it begins. Have this mind among yourselves. So it's the same word for the same root that's used in humility. Be minded in this way. And then, and then the example of Christ is given. Verses 5 through 11 of chapter 2. Would somebody please read that? Okay, thank you. So, the, the, I mean, the key definition of Jesus' humility is that although he was God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. So if you, try, you, know, if you put it in perspective, we're not God, so, mu- you know, so much less should we consider equality with God a thing to be grasped. But Christ, who was equal with God, didn't, didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Um, it's, I mean, re- reflecting on the humility of Christ is really the only way to put, put our own humility in proper perspective or our own need for humility. Um, it, Jesus, Jesus had every right to demand um, treatment, a certain treatment coming into the world to, as, a, as a man, to demand um, you know, that he not suffer, that he not die, um, but he didn't do it. He didn't make demands based on right. Maybe could it be said that uh, by not grasping after the nature of God, that he didn't try to prove it? Right. He simply lived out that nature. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, you think about the way that he that his he was blasphemed, ridiculed. His reputation as God was tarnished. Physician, heal yourself. Right. And he he didn't didn't speak a word. It's getting quiet in here. We need to... There we go. Uh, okay, so now... Um, but this is great because look at this point. Humility listens and is instructed. So um, the... But that's, that's really... I mean, we see this characteristic of Jesus as well. Um, Jesus did what his father told him to do. Okay, Jesus, who was equal with the father, did what the father told him to do. Um, 
And he, and he confessed this to the disciples. Um, what, I, what I give to you has been given to me. Right? Okay, so that's, those are just some thoughts on, from Scripture about humility. Let's jump here now. Um, what good is humility? Um, these things are obvious, I think. Uh, humility lets us be brought into orbit. So if we, have, if we resist what Christ is doing for us, what Christ wants for us, um, you know, that we're, we're not being humble. Or humility, not, a lack of humility prevents us from being brought into orbit by Christ. Okay? Um, because humility, a lack of humility, pride doesn't need anything from God, doesn't need God's help. Humility listens as, and is instructed. Um, humility opens you to God's blessings. So just like the man who says, Lord, I believe, uh, help my unbelief, and just like the tax collector who says, have mercy on me, um, humility uh, you know, identifies the fact that we need things from God and it allows us to receive them from God. Moving on. Um, it, humility opens you to trust and faith. So we've said all this already. Um, and humility brings patience, endurance, and steadfastness. Um, so this has to do, again, with suffering. Um, so if, if we're not humble, then when, when trial and tribulation and affliction come, we, we, can't, we can't persevere. So now the crux of the matter. Well, how do you get to be humble? Um, it's not like Professor Brzezik said. It's not like playing tennis or singing. You don't become virtuous by acting virtuous. So you, you land always then in, a, in false humility. Um, just like you, you, you don't become repentant or contrite by trying to manufacture some contrition, you can't become silent um, just, by, just by trying to be silent. Um, and Luther really hits the nail on the head here, which is, uh, highlights the paradoxical nature of, of humility. He says, Our flesh is so evil that it often deceives us in the very midst of tribulation and humility so that we are pleased by our own humility and disregard of ourselves. And by our own confession of sins, we become proud of accusing ourselves of being proud. This is the hidden presumptuousness and guilt of pride. So then what's the answer? Um, it's, it's really pretty simple. Um, the key to humility is um, to begin by acknowledging that we're not humble and then going from there. Um, and what we find then is when we acknowledge our lack of humility, when we confess our, our pride, we have to come to Christ for forgiveness. We have to come to his altar and we have to, have to hear his words of love for us. So um, the, the whole point here is not to, get you to, to not, not to get you to sort of muster up humility, but to just reflect on your own humility or your lack of humility. Um, and to think about the ways that... So now the other thing, the, the other way it relates to silence is that, you know, Satan and demonic at, attack, as Pastor Bruzek has often said, come in these moments when we are, when we are our most earnest. Um, and so to, to acknowledge that in our best efforts to become hu- humble, um, Satan is working his hardest to prevent us. Uh, just, just gives you an awareness of what we're up against. And it makes you cling all the more to Christ. So, that, I mean, that's about all I have. There are some more quotations there, which you might find interesting, um, those last four quotations. Um, but it's getting close to time to go get ready for church. So, are there any questions or, or thoughts here? Does that make, make sense? I mean, it's nothing, it's nothing real sophisticated, but... Good to think about, nonetheless.
All right, Pastor Bruzek will pick it up again next week with listening. And if you all come in and are silent like this, that'll, then he'll think that I did a really good job. So that's the, that's the key. Should we tell him that you didn't finish the outline? That's what he said. Make sure you don't finish the outline. One page. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's close with the Lord's Prayer. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. All right, thank you very much.